0: Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I found- crowd And Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was eyewit without a shadow of an out giving him lip. Oh, I say
1: it's amazing! He
0: does it tame and tame and tame again. Break up the music, charge a
2: What exactly needs to happen for a team to be in dreamland? The classiest photo ever taken in a history of association football? Some surprise commentary from the top table of European hockey? Some abysmal football approximation from the world of crime thriller literature? Is 72 years too long to be a spell? An absolutely textbook did you mean it post-match interview? Quest's EFL highlights go snookaloopy and the most Richard Keyes tweet ever constructed. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 154 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry, alongside me for this one once again is Charlie Eccleshire. Hi Charlie. Hi Adam, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Trying to find the definitive phrase for this. What did Brighton do to Tottenham's top four hopes this weekend? Dent. Did they dent them? A mere dent?
1: Yeah, I don't think it was like a derailed right. or... I think, I think Spurs' top four hopes suffered a dent, okay. suffered a setback. I think that's good.
2: Yeah, measured. So they're not hanging by a thread. Or anything like that. Because okay, they're still no, in they're fourth, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think Southampton potentially
3: derailed mm.
2: Arsenal's top four hopes on mm. Saturday. Yeah, love a good derailing. That voice you can hear is David Walker. Dave, tell us about your Uber driver on Thursday night, please. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, so, yeah, so my mate was ordering an Uber for us on Thursday night and he turns to me and he went, mate the uber driver is kevin keegan and i was like what <laughs> what do you want about kevin keegan and he showed me the phone and it was his name was kevin keegan but unfortunately unfortunately the surname was spelled
2: k-e-i-g-a-n doesn't matter doesn't matter <laughs> And given the state of Uber these days, you know how how often they cancel on you, and you have to wait for another one to pop up. Oh, the tension that was there in case he didn't arrive. All the jokes that could potentially
1: yeah, I was thinking yeah, I would yeah. love it, etc. Did did you ask him about being called Kevin Keegan once you were in? No, he wasn't particularly talkative. Yeah. I'm afraid right.
3: wasn't much as much of a character as <laughs> uh, as Kevin. Not living yeah. up to the name.
1: Not as much of a meat that. lover. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he is. I guess we just don't know. Yeah. Keeping
2: the, uh, keeping the taxi industry going single-handedly, Kevin Keegan. Brilliant stuff. Right, let's do the adjudication panel this week. Let's start all the way back on Thursday night. This is Robbie Savage co-commentating on BT Sports coverage of PSV versus Leicester in the Europa Conference League quarter-final second leg. 64 minutes in, Leicester need a goal and they need all the help they can get.
0: Daka goes again. Angle got too tight. Held it up well, however. Dewsbury Hall. Shoot! <laughs> Did shoot and score against
2: Palace at the weekend. Charlie, going <laughs> to pin my colours to the mast right here. Don't like co-commentators urging players to shoot <laughs> in the style of a fan.
1: Well, yeah, and hot on the heels of Graham Potter talking about it not being helpful from fans. Big time. W- was that a thinly veiled dig <laughs> at Potter? Yeah, I agree. It should. It's. It's when fans you know it's kind of fans only isn't it we don't want we don't want that from our commentators it's
3: unconventional i suppose savage is the there's one person that kind of makes sense for him to be like that and do sort of something a bit a bit wacky it's savage but it's it kind of it reminds me of the thing adam that you've said many times on this podcast when people guests in particular who you've had on like will will we'll recount a footballing song of a chant from the crowd, but not do it properly. Yes. If he was, he didn't do it properly, did he? Mm.
0: He
3: needed to give the right. proper shoes.
2: <laughs> if you're not going to commit, don't do it. The mantra for most things in life. Um, let's stick with a the European theme. Dave, this is from listener Alex Skinner, who noted the BBC Live Blog's headline during uh, West Ham's glorious win at Lyon in the second leg. Uh, the headline read as follows. European Court's final... Leon nil, West Ham 3, Hammers in Dreamland. So this was mid-game. Jared Bowen had put them 3-0 above 48 minutes. Alex Skinner simply asks, at what point does it become Dreamland? It's a very specific thing, I think, Dreamland, because it's not something, despite the name, that happens pre-game. You can't be in Dreamland, despite the fact you may be dreaming. It doesn't happen after the game, even though your dreams may have been realised. So what is Dreamland? You know what, I think this is pretty good a pretty good sort of bar for it is being
3: yeah. 3-0 up in a european quarter final or, or just being like being unexpectedly far in the lead in in a game of significance mm. games that come to mind when i'm thinking of dreamland is england germany 5-1 yeah even even before we got to 5 at what point
2: like, oh yeah at what point did it become you know, dreamland when when,
3: when when 4-1 i think when Motti wow. did that this is getting better and better yeah. and better yeah I, I think it's it's just it's it's like the goal that takes it from mm. being oh got a good solid lead here looking good to being oh my god they've got another we're definitely one definitely winning here
1: yeah. yeah yeah I I do think time is important I I think it happening reasonably early yes it, that's a proper dream that because then it is like I just can't believe this is you know we're only half an hour or a... 40 odd minutes in and we're already three like this is just that feels very dreamy to me
2: yeah it, it doesn't have to be super early you don't have to sort of race into a three nil lead but if if you get it before the hour mark um, and i'm gonna say i say three nil is dreamland territory given all the other factors into consideration you don't want it to be too early because then it becomes it becomes you know absurd but any later than that into the kind of final throws of the game you don't get that kind of Basking in the glory of it, passing around, going, "What is happening here? I don't get mm. it." And and it's also that's cake icing territory, isn't it? And uh, those that's a very separate thing. But I think yeah. I think I think we're right. Dave's nailed the vibe here completely. It has to be Charlie. Uh, a team who who wouldn't have thought they could be in this situation. Hence, hence, indeed, dreamland. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, yeah, City being three 0 up at home against Watford—that is not dreamland.
2: <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> no, that's
1: very much reality. <laughs> that's... But it, it, I get—it's it, in the I'd love to know, know the tipping point of... for this. I'd really love to know. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, it, it, it's beyond their wildest expectations. Could, I think that's that's dreamland.
2: Could therefore any big six club? be in Dreamland in any situation?
3: I
1: think if,
2: if, yeah, I think if City were
3: 3-0 up in a Champions League final early, yes. not having won it before.
2: Is it Dreamland? Mm.
1: Is I it? I think yeah. it would be. It lacks yeah, that the innocence Dreamland.
2: that Dreamland needs. <laughs> I
3: mean, I think the level of the opposition might come into it. Like, mm. if they were 3-0 up against Real Madrid or Bayern Munich or,
2: yeah, you know, yeah.
3: or even Liverpool, really. Yeah. I mean, well, were Liverpool in Dreamland when they were three 0 up against City at half time at the weekend? Probably oh, not. Though. Well, that maybe it was close, but not quite. I think, yeah, there. I don't think close. that's.
1: I don't think they're enough of an underdog there. Yeah. Ideal Whoa. land. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: we just executed
1: really well. Land.
2: <laughs> it's a very precise thing. I, 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 I put it to our listeners that the big six clubs could never be in Dreamland, mm. although it, it, it's, it's. Oh, it's, it's, it's touch and go. Next up, speaking of um, West Ham's excellent performance over in France, um, here's Declan Rice speaking after the game. I think he may be the first footballer I've ever heard to cite this very specific phenomenon.
1: You know, there was a few incentives tonight for us to go out and win. Obviously, Dembele winking in the first leg at the camera and then their Twitter admin somehow saying that they don't see how
2: they're not going to get through. So, you know, them things come back to bite you. And, you know, we stayed quiet, put in a performance. And now we're standing in the semis. What more do we want? Dave, we're very familiar with the kind of yeah, well we saw what they were like after the first leg kind of um, sentiment after a team storms back, but I've never heard a player cite a Twitter admin before. (laughs) Brilliant, really good, really brought the the admin. He's brought the admin. (laughs) This is true. This
3: really is like a true sort of what is Declan Rice? Is he? He's not. Is he Generation Gen Z, Z? I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, he's possibly too young to be a millennial, but like, yeah, this is. This is, you know, pinning this, pinning the newspaper
2: up on the dressing room wall—the modern version of yeah. that. Charlie, it's bulletproof post-match sentiment. I love this sort of stuff. I mean, he 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 didn't go too—he didn't revel in it too much. He was—he he kept his calm about it, and he, it was very kind of businessman-like. And uh, I, I really enjoyed how he how he nailed that.
1: Yeah, it's, I'm curious to know exactly what the, the Twitter admin said because it didn't—it sounded the way he described it sounded more a bit like uh, don't know how. Hub thumping, it was. It'd be quite unlike a club admin. Maybe, maybe that's what. Maybe so it was got the Declan Leon Rice's underscore goat. en account, which is the lawless. Mm, yeah, mm. they
2: don't count. Can't have a go at them. That's just some office somewhere.
1: I winking as Leon. well is yeah. uh, good one. Yeah, winking yeah. into the camera. Yeah, good stuff in Declan Rice. He's stock
2: rising even further with that. That wasn't the end of the scenes in Leon, though, Dave, because uh, somewhere deep in the bowels of their stadium. The classiest ever photo in football history was taken. Mark Noble, dressed only in a towel, sweeping up the mess of the West Ham squad in the changing room floor. It doesn't get classier than that, Dave. It I has know. all the ingredients: magnanimity,
3: <laughs> humility. Yeah, it's the perfect person to to be doing mm. this as well, isn't it? Just Mr. West Ham. That missed, exactly, yeah. Mr. West Ham. Yeah. Like proper old school professional old enough to remember doing the old you know this is what we used to have to do every day at training mm, for the apprentice. When, when, when I was on a YTS scheme mm. <laughs> <laughs> if it't Fabiansky doing it
2: no one would have really cared for us
3: yeah but oh, you've got in, in the in the shot you've notes. got um and Ben Johnson. In the background, sort of like looking at the camera, kind of laughing, yeah. sort of like, "What's he doing?" Yeah. sort of thing.
1: <laughs> I mean, this all this whole thing, the whole pure class, class etc. Cetera, et cetera, is it, a lot of it stems from the same way that if you meet a famous person, your threshold is so low that if they if you meet a famous person, they say like, "Oh hi, how are you?" You're like nicest bloke in the world. Yeah. On, oh, I met him. He's the nicest. Yeah. Hum, he's so down to earth. It's like. All he has to do is say, hi, how are you? And that's probably enough. Same way. I mean, this, to be fair, is a <laughs> lovely gesture. It really he... made me
3: feel like I was the only person in the room.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, they really have to do very little. Like, if, if I was a footballer, the power that you have to be known as the nicest folk in the world, yeah. the classiest man in the world, doesn't take much. I mean,
2: my, my personal... Anti-classy touch crusade has moved on from its first phase, Dave. Which was, oh, even even the, the the simplest act of humanity now is is presented as a classy touch. I'm over that now. I get I get why this happens, but the way it's now been commodified as content does my head in. It's so stupid. It is stupid. I I don't mind saying it. Fucking ridiculously juvenile and stupid. How can you be so easily impressed by this shit? I don't get it. It's so <laughs> annoying. It's the way it's presented <laughs> with with the emojis and stuff. It's like oh, it's mindless. It's mindless, yeah. Dave. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. I, I can't I can't disagree. And I I've, my my other question about the, the the whole the scene. Why wouldn't you get dressed first before doing?
2: This? Why is he Why is he wearing I mean, it's a towel to do it? Because it, it implies that it was the first thing he could think of before mm. getting dressed and getting back on the bus and getting all his stuff together. He oh, thought, I'm gonna do it this.
1: Gonna do It might be quite sweaty work. And so, you know, best done without you've put your club before you've put your club suit on and all of that sort of yeah. thing.
2: Yeah, I can imagine being a very earnest
1: sweeper, Charlie. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean absolutely Do it you know, right. Put, yeah, if yeah, if a job's worth doing. For any yeah. youngsters uh, watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Setting a good example. Absolutely.
3: I used to sweep the streets of the, of the East End <laughs> when I was a boy. <laughs> yeah,
2: yep, yeah. good. Yeah, well done, Mark Noble. The classiest thing ever attempted and achieved in football history Max Baldock has brought us a very innocuous case of what a player they are by the way this is from Jonathan Pearce during the Women's FA Cup semi-final between Chelsea and Arsenal on Sunday
0: G here's Wrighton, pairs out wide Arsenal stretched F England's in the middle Cuthbert's joining in what a good player she is by the way Erin Cuthbert here's G <laughs>
2: to say Charlie again it is the most innocuous case i've ever heard of. There, was no, there was no call for it there's no need
1: yeah you can't you can't do that of a current player it wasn't even on I the mean. ball yeah extraordinary all bets are off with that one
3: yeah i mean it was early on it was sort of early-ish into the game it was the 7th minute that he's that he's talking about there so is that the first time he'd mentioned her in the game just feels unwarranted yeah, is yeah. It, the spotlight is wasn't
2: it, on Cuthbert at that stage really there wasn't a close-up of her sitting in the stands no. because
3: it, it's yeah. such a it's such a filler time filly thing to say isn't it it's <laughs> like yeah you know
2: you barely even fit it in
3: yeah and the ball, was, <laughs> the ball was being popped around the edge of the box there uh, there's stuff going on like that's what you say when the directors cut to the stands when there's a throw-in whatever we know mm. we know we know the drill mm. yeah
1: was it just a kind of such an unsung hero that he felt it had to be said. I don't
2: know. I don't think she's unsung, though, is she? She's Sounds really to best, me like the agent got in touch. Best players. <laughs> Could you squeeze in a by the way for us? Early doors. <laughs> just, just get it in there. Nobody will notice. We did notice. Max Bulldog she, Maybe she's got a by the way bonus in her, in her <laughs> contract. <laughs> I mean, up until now, I thought it was something you really did have to achieve. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's, it's Hall of Fame territory. But no, can't just throw them out cheaply like that. You have to earn it. You know, or at least at least be being spoken about anyway. This came from Lee Pettifer, who has brought my attention to uh, the Euro Hockey League semi-final. <laughs> uh, Surbiton, a five-one down against German giants Rot-Weiss Köln, and here's a lovely bit of commentary, which which starts with what I assume is traditional hockey commentary banter and ends with a new craze that's sweeping world sport.
0: His surname looks a little bit like my internet password at home. The tackle from Granbush, but uh, we can still have it. Shot. Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. I could see that disappearing up where the owls are. Uh, really? <laughs> yes, indeed. What?
2: <laughs> we, can't, we can't have sleeping <laughs> owls in hockey. There can't be too what? many top corner efforts in
1: hockey, Charlie. <laughs> Incredible. I can't believe it's.
2: Uh, I can't believe it's spread. So they listen. Maybe they do. Big Ooh, Tim Vickery hockey, fans. Hockey cliches.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I imagine there probably are quite a few top. I mean that that effort there was it wasn't miles away. Did yeah, it wasn't it many miles away?
3: I think it would be too mad for him to do the full Connor McNamara. Ago, so I was listening to a podcast from <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Vickery the other day. Yeah. I'm not quite sure the hockey audience would necessarily be familiar. With, uh, with Tim's
2: work. But, the knowing um, chuckles between them suggested it was a thing that they'd discussed yeah. previously and whether it could be applied to hockey. Well, it can. I think it just about, just it's, about works. It's a goal, isn't it? Yeah. Same thing, basically. Yeah. Has an angle. Owls may sleep there. But yeah, I, did, I hope everyone did enjoy that because I had to pay 10 quid to sign up to Euro <laughs> Hockey TV just to get that 20-second clip. 50p a How second. Long? How long's your subscription
1: for? Yeah, please remember to cancel oh, that. Oh no, I think it's like a one-off. It better be
2: <laughs> 50p a second. It's like I'm ringing up to find out the latest hockey transfer rumours in 1994. <laughs> but still, anybody wants to watch some live hockey all round mine? Well, it's finished now. Um, Serpenton got the bronze medal. You'd be delighted to know. Well done, then. Uh, next up, I was bombarded with this. This did the rounds at the weekend. I kind of glossed over it at the start, but then I dug a little deeper. Um, the tweet was from Not DCFC Boss, who said he was in hysterics at this American author trying to write about a couple watching a game of football. Now, Charlie, on this podcast, we've talked about films getting football wrong so much, and this kind of futile effort to choreograph it all. But We've never considered how literature might approach the beautiful game. The following passage is from a 2004 novel by Sidney Sheldon, the last he ever wrote before he died, in fact called Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's about four mysterious deaths across the world. And um, in one of these scenarios, a man takes what appears to be his girlfriend to a football game. And here's how it goes. The Paris Saint-Germain stadium was packed to capacity with 67,000 eager fans waiting for the championship game between Lyon and Marseille to begin. (laughs) Red flag number one. (laughs) What? Yep. As Kelly and Mark were ushered to their seats directly above midfield, Kelly said, I'm impressed. These seats are hard to get, Mark smiled, and said, When you love soccer as much as I do, nothing is impossible. (laughs) Kelly bit her lip to keep from laughing, not surprised. She could not (laughs) wait for the game to begin. At 1400 hours, both teams entered the stadium, standing at attention while the band played La Marseillaise, the French national anthem. As the lineups for Lyon and Marseille faced the stands for introductions, a player for Lyon stepped forward, wearing the Lyon logo in the team colours of blue and white. Kelly decided to relent and let Mark know what was happening. She leaned toward him. That's their goalie, Kelly explained. I know, Mark said, Gregory Coupe. He's the best goalie in the league. He won a championship against Bordeaux last April. He won a UEFA Cup and a Champions League the year before that. He's 31 years old, six feet tall, and weighs 180 pounds. Kelly looked at Mark in astonishment. What is going on here? <laughs> Charlie, can we, just, can we just stop here and assess what the fuck is going on in this awful
1: book? So he's so surely... So it's meant to be like the, their equivalent of the FA Cup final, if it's the... I mean, not that that is the, th- the championship match. Yeah,
2: I guess that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, That's
1: what it has to be, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, What's he doing, play... though? He sounds like
2: the biggest dick in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he reading Wikipedia to his girlfriend? <laughs> He's got the
3: attendance wrong as well, for a start. <laughs> he... the, uh, the the Park de France is
2: 47,929. Love not 67,000. Sidney Sheldon not doing his research, but it continues. The announcer continued, playing forward Sydney Govu. Number 14, Mark enthused. He's incredible. Last week against Auser, he scored a goal in the last minute of the game. Kelly listened in amazement as Mark knowledgeably discussed all the other players. the game began and the crowd went wild it was a frenzied exciting game and goalies for both teams fought hard to keep their opponents from scoring it was difficult for Kelly to concentrate she kept looking at Mark amazed by his expertise how could I have been so wrong? in the middle of a play Mark exclaimed Govu's going for a flick kick he made it a few minutes (laughs) later Mark said watch Carriere's going to be fined for handling the ball and he was right fined? For handling the ball mid-game. Interesting. When Leon won, Mark was <laughs> euphoric. What a great team! As they were leaving the stadium, Kelly asked, Mark, how long have you been interested in soccer? He looked at Kelly sheepishly and said, About three days. I've been researching it on my computer. Since you're so interested, I thought I should learn much about it. Kelly was incredibly touched. It was unbelievable that Mark had spent so much time and effort just because she enjoyed the game. So, so Dave, we've, we've established here that he was doing it all. All to impress her on the date. So, noble. But also creepy, weird. I mean, and and that
3: doesn't sound convincing to me. Kelly should have seen straight through him.
1: But, Talking is, but about is, flick kicks. But is the, so is but is the author skewering people like Mark who try and affect knowledge of football? Is he actually is this actually a very clever happy to um, consider
2: this as a possibility? Yes.
1: Kind of par- parody of people who do just parrot information they've read on Wikipedia and, and get it ever so slightly wrong.
2: I hope so. For the sake of the late Sydney Sheldon, I hope so. If so, chapeau. Hmm. Nice that, nice that Sidney Govu gets a mention. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. He's <laughs> very prominent, isn't he, with yeah. the flip kick?
2: Mark doesn't know about Gregory Coupe's famous double save against Barcelona at the new Camp. <laughs> That's the first thing you mentioned about Gregory Coupe, surely. But at least he knows that he's 31 years old, six feet tall and weighs 180 pounds. And did he say won simultaneously the Champions League and... Uh, he won the UEFA Cup and the Champions League before the year before that in the same year impressive <laughs> <laughs> Strange. just a rare double in now <laughs> anyway hope he's among the four deaths in the book that's all I can say because he sounds like a twat
0: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast, lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Brought to your ears by the Athletic. This is football cliches.
2: Next up, a fascinating question. It's a very simple question, Dave, but it blew my mind. Uh, a little quiz for you. Let, between you, let's let's do this. Dave, sporting objects. Tiny little white sphere with dimples in it. What what's that? Golf ball. Charlie, sort of medium small sized furry yellow object or green. Greeny yellow. Te- fluorescent. Tennis ball. Tennis ball. Yes. Dave. Shiny red object sphere with kind of, kind of stitching around it. Cricket ball. Charlie, finally, egg-shaped thing thrown sideways. Rugby ball. Indeed. Listener Greg asks, Dave, why isn't it called a football ball? <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfectly good question. Yeah. Why isn't it called a football ball? <laughs> and even people who don't like football don't call it that. Yeah. I mean, Nobody I... would say it. Blow my mind. You know, called tennis, tennis ball, or golf, golf ball. I mean, there's an obvious way in the fact that the ball is already encompassed in the name, but it's yeah. Not. But what?
3: Yeah. How did that? How? What were the origins of that? So, what? Why did? Why did the game initially get away with being called just football, and other games just went by tennis and golf and cricket? and have a ball. And rugby.
1: Hmm.
3: So rugby is rugby football. It's sort all of technical, yeah, thing, isn't it?
1: It is rugby football. Yeah. Mm, rugby football ball. <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm, I'm, my mind is less with, blown the more we've discussed it, I have to say. Is it to do with <laughs> yeah. like,
1: although rugby sort of disputes that, but in those other uh, sports, you have equipment and things like that, whereas football, it's the main deal. there's nothing else you can use. Yeah. Is it foot in French? Le foot, yeah. Okay, so it does work in yeah. French.
2: Yeah. But I, mean, I mean, I feel like we could shoehorn this into, into the football language, Charlie, because a proper football man could potentially use this. They talk about winning football matches. Mm. Yeah, he's a great football player
1: he's a great striker of a football ball
2: <laughs> yeah he's a, he he hits that football ball so lovely
1: <laughs> or in the World Cup like look this is just not a football ball that you want to, as a goalkeeper that is not <laughs> yeah. that is not an appropriate football ball yeah.
2: <laughs> whole of the football ball over the whole of the football line
1: it's possible I think we could do it Dave um, I, I, you
2: know, <laughs> yeah, I love that yeah. football ball. I think it can happen <laughs> the, on just on a on a
3: on a brief tangent, you've just reminded me of something. I went to the um, there's a great exhibition on at the Design Museum yeah. in London at the moment, all about football, football ball. Um, that it has lots of football balls mm. in the exhibition, including like the, some couple of balls from the 1930 World Cup final, which are just amazing. That moved it's, around horribly. Amazing things to look at. But the the best thing for me at the whole exhibition, and there is a, everything you could possibly imagine to mm. see: shirts. Video clips. There's a big room where you go and watch the Zidane film in darkness and the big speakers. Oh, it's all all great. It's all great. But the best thing for me was a tiny little screen um, next to the Jabalani ball of the of the um, the manufacturing process of how they made the oh, Jabalani. Yeah. And it's incredible. Have you ever seen a football being made in a factory?
2: No. It's, no.
3: It's astonishing. It's so many. Machines and bits and moving parts, and yeah. it's it, it, was, it was like a good sort of probably about seven or eight minutes. I was stood there watching it, and like I just can't get my head around how they even think about how to make this stuff. Like who who designs the Jabulani machine? Like <laughs> it's <laughs> incredible.
1: Did you think, did you then have a lot of sympathy for them, given how maligned the Jabalani then
3: well, was? I did, yeah. was? A lot of
1: work's
2: gone into the old Jabalani, yeah. Dave,
1: you sound like Rick became. Wallace
2: in that program where he goes to a factory <laughs> and he can't believe that there's a machine that does that <laughs> yeah, very tiny yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, someone has to make it, someone has to design <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it. It's a very good point. Manufacturing, a very, very granular thing. quite agree. Next up, a question, Charlie, from Elizabeth Barnard. How many points out of ten do we take off the magic of the FA Cup for the final two being the same as the League Cup? I don't agree. I think it's cool that it's the same part, same two teams. It's only happened once before.
1: Hmm, ninety two, ninety three, wasn't it the Arsenal Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah, I think that it it would be better if they were kind of cup teams like those two teams were. I mean, they were kind of at the time mid table sides, or they were that season when it's sort of Chelsea and Liverpool, and it's. What two Champions League winners of the last three or something? Maybe that takes a little bit of sheen off it, but that's not to do with it being the same as the other cup. I think that yeah, that's quite a nice quirk in a yeah, way. I
2: like the symmetry of it, Dave. It doesn't offend me. I don't need that variety in my life whatsoever. I'm happy with it.
3: Yeah, yeah, it,
1: exactly.
2: I think if it
3: was something that was happening all the time, then it would be then it would be a bit boring, a bit samey. But yeah, it, it is quite an interesting, an interest. It's an interesting narrative. We go again.
2: Yeah, mm. um, you know double the chance the second bite of the cherry at some pre-match poetry I think it's going to happen (laughs) this time so uh, yeah no points off Elizabeth Barnard Um, next up Connor Birch is well within his rights Dave to question this from Hull City fans on Friday they're 2-0 up against Cardiff 10 minutes to go Cardiff have won a corner
0: 10 minutes to go
2: Cardiff City with another corner Tommy Doyle will deliver into the six-yard box.
3: Finds Aidan Flint. And Aidan Flint has scored for Cardiff and will make the last 10 minutes a very
2: interesting affair. We've said before, Dave, that if you move your shit uh, and its variants away from its natural habitat of a goal kick, (laughs) bad things are going to happen. And if you do it at a corner with your team only 2-0 up for 10 minutes to go, you're asking for trouble. You
1: Absolutely. are. Absolutely. That is ridiculous. Mm. It's that... like making a sub at a corner. You just know you, you just can't do it. I think it's more active tempting of fate,
2: to be honest, Charlie. Um, Definitely. Let's hear it without commentary. Let's mm. hear it in all its audio glory. Because it it's a well-delivered one. I'm, uh, no question about that. Did you have to um, Did you
3: have to pay any money to sign up to the whole City FC player there to <laughs> Fortunately, get
1: that commentary. Free to watch. <laughs> the expenses you're running out. <laughs>
2: The, the final ah coincides with the header booming into the into the top of the roof of the net it's, um, it's a,
1: it's a it's crazy thing to do and yeah. re- especially off a really well struck corner at no point does that corner look like you could I know that you don't know this when you're doing that, but it could at least not look so stupid throughout if it's if it was quite a bad corner and got cleared and you were then like ah and then got delivered that's just have a good corner have either of you ever seen that at a match that you've been in no. attendance at not a corner no not a not to, not, me neither
3: not a corner. I don't think it's
2: so a long enough run up to be honest no but mm. is it exactly is it, <laughs> it easy like a... from there no yeah. <laughs> why would you <laughs>
3: <laughs> but is it um, a thing that is a tradition with whole city Would be an normal or, thing
1: or lower down the leagues or is it possible that that player became for whatever reason the sort of pantomime villain mm. of the piece yeah. It's possible. And therefore, they wanted to target him. Yeah,
3: is it just? Oh, I just can't get my head around it. Is it like, the natural evolution of
2: they're just starved of proper thing. goal kicks? That's what it is.
1: Maybe, maybe that's may, yeah. It. Maybe that's
3: it. Maybe yeah. they don't, maybe because there's so few proper goal kicks, they're just taking the any opportunity now.
2: A long throw would <laughs> be out on
1: the corner taker.
2: It could work quite well with a long throw because you're talking about a long run up, potentially yeah. a lower percentage chance of conceding a goal from it, Charlie. Long throws could be the new
1: goal kicks for this.
2: If we've got to keep the tradition going, which I think we do.
1: I still would be very, very wary of doing it myself. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I guess guess if you have to, if if that is such a strong urge. Mm. Saying your shit and a, something
2: And of course Dave they were using the northern variant you shit bastard R which is mm. a lot of syllables to fit into a corner as well, let alone the fact that someone's about to boom a header in at the end of it. It's 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 a minefield, it really is.
3: And that yeah, that did that extra syllable did make the difference between <laughs> the chart ending on the header going in or ending just before. And you've got to stick to it. You can't just cut it short. So uh mm.
2: yeah, their fault, their problem they cross to bear. Uh, <laughs> next up, interesting one to dig into for us, Charlie. Here's the headline from the BBC website. Scunthorpe United's 72-year spell in the English Football League will come to an end as a 3-0 loss at Leyton Orient confirmed their relegation from League Two. I put it to you, Charlie, and to everyone, that 72 years is too long for a spell. It's too long. Yeah.
1: Yes. I think mainly, though, because spells are normally talked about a player player at a club Mm. Um, I I know you would get there you might get like a four year spell in the Premier League or something
2: yeah clubs could have a spell no question but what's the upper limit for a spell then (sighs) 10 at a push
1: yeah but even 10's 10 year spell
2: no because I think
3: think it gets into the territory of being a 10 year stay in the Premier League Mm. Mm, stay's good
1: Stays fine. Well, yeah, because I was going to say, is there, a, is there a word you could use for 72 years? I think stay is okay. Awesome. It's not very glamorous, but it's it, it, a long it, stay. It's, literally, um, it's
2: a stay. 72 years stay. Tenure?
1: Yeah. Is it is it a tenure? I'm concerned you, you about you know? tenure. I think it's a bit managery. Managerial? Yeah. Yeah. Tenure yeah. <laughs> and tenure. It's in not a rain. Sounds a bit weird. It's not a rain because they didn't <laughs> <Era>. do anything. <laughs> so, it's not an era, is no. it? No. I mean you can't describe an era has been cheapened now
2: eras could be anything eras uh, can be 18 months under a manager I think if they I were is, influential I
3: think it's, it is stay it is stay mm-hmm. yeah. it just, they've just been there they've just, been, yeah. they've just stayed around for 72 years mm. a spell is a just, is just sort of fleeting spell of possession sh- exactly mm. yeah, yeah absolutely Yeah. you know loan spell yeah, yeah. it's forgotten he actually Good. he had Good. a 6
1: month loan spell at Loan
2: spell is bang on, absolutely right. That's the final nail in this coffin. Good to dig into. Good to confirm. Okay, next up, news that we could be seeing half time interviews in the Premier League next season. Dave, Mm, yeah, Um, saw this. Proposals have been sent to clubs, and um, they're set to vote on this at at the next AGM. It would be limited to five a season. Per manager. And if your team is losing, you will not be approached. That's rubbish, isn't it? Yeah. And the interviews will take place at the beginning or end of the halftime break, as is commonplace in the US, but yet to be seen here. The plans have been giving a warm reception by media departments throughout the top flight. My instinct, Dave, was that this was a bit Games gone Then I thought, mm, if I want to hear from a manager, halftime's not a terrible time to do it. Better than a pre-match interview, that's for sure.
3: Yeah. I mean, of course, it just it relies upon... The willingness of managers to be open and the intrepidness of the question Mm. askers, you know. Um, It's a tricky one. But I do feel like this is sort of being held up as some kind of new revolutionary thing. We have seen this before. You have, yeah. Yeah, there's been plenty of occasions, you know, I see many thinking like European matches like in old Champions League matches yeah, yeah didn't team. Alex
1: Ferguson do it yeah, yeah. yeah. like
3: there's um, in, in the Graham Taylor impossible job documentary he does one coming out at half time in one of those away qualifiers like it's it's not unheard of for, the, for a broadcaster to just grab a quick 30 seconds or whatever with the manager as they're on the way
2: out the tunnel I think if you've um, got that relationship between Newbon and Ferguson it was alright because like, Ferguson yeah. was never going to tend to fuck off but. it could be good but it's just <laughs> another one of those interviews that
3: we already have two of and it's are they just, just going to be more, more of the same it would be interest more interesting if you were to put the camera in a dressing room at half-time for five minutes. Yes.
2: Mark Noble sweeping the floor. <laughs> what a it man would,
1: is, It bro. would also mean we might get to see managers in Dreamland.
2: Oh,
3: yeah. You
1: said before how we never get to see that. What is that, though? We'll never admit like?
3: to being in Dreamland, we, Charlie. Big Sam lighting up a cigar at half-time.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're sort of just him bestriding, coming out at the Hawthorns or wherever he's not managing not talk, lads. Game. We're in Dreamland yeah. here. <laughs> just, he's just fully in dreamland. But yeah, I mean, that's it. It would just be a lot of hedging. There's a lot to come, you know, still, still a lot of football what? to be played. I, I
3: wouldn't even mind if they had the sound off. Just like CCTV footage
1: of the dressing room. Oh, in the dressing yeah, room. Yeah, 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 body yeah language. definitely. Yeah. Things being hurled across the <laughs> yeah. room. Yeah,
2: we know now that halftime on TV games is basically dead air. There's nothing to be, there's nothing to be gained from it. You're just waiting for the second half to start. But Dave, we've talked about interviews pre-match and post-match on this podcast a lot we know what they contain almost on a weekly basis we know what they're going to get asked we know the tone of the question we know almost to the word what they're going to get asked what they're going to get asked at time. is it going to be more of the same you know what do you want from your team from the second half what more of the same to be honest peps halftime interviews charlie <laughs> could be good could be good he could be peak sarcasm at halftime but he's
1: not going to do it if he's losing <laughs> Though I guess if he was winning, but they'd had like a man sent off, like.
2: But he, but Pep would do it. So if they're
3: five nil up against Burnley at half time, Pep, how are you feeling? Are you in dreamland? To be like, no, so so hard, yeah. so yeah, hard.
1: Yeah, these, these Burnley guys, wow, wow. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the thing is, I mean, I guess the closest approximation we have now is manager wheeled out before the second leg of European tie. Mm. You know, you want you won away three nil. What's the message tonight? Listen, we haven't achieved anything. It's a reset. We go it's out half time. and we play. It's half yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's probably the closest we have. And it's not a riveting sub genre generally.
3: There was actually a really a really good mm. example of of this sort of, of where of where this sort of stuff will probably end up was yesterday, uh, oh sorry, Monday night, Nottingham Forest against West Brom. I was watching that and they did that little thing that they do sometimes before the match where they do qu- little sort of flip back and forth between the two managers oh, right. they've interviewed them both yeah, and, they'll, yeah. and they'll they'll cut them cut them all together Steve Cooper was quite interesting and was talking about some injuries quite candidly and about atmosphere and about their great run of form and he was sort of relatively engaging Steve Bruce however was asked <laughs> a really quite Brucey. sort of open vague question about well Steve how, how, are, we, how are you set for this game against informed Nottingham Forest and he just basically went well you know it's a great game to be a part of and (laughs) that was it (laughs) that (laughs) was it
2: yeah that's very brucey thing to say (laughs) that's very brucey yeah i just i can't imagine a kind of revolutionary line of questioning but the one thing that does tantalizingly hover into possibility charlie as a manager being asked what was the thinking there
0: because I feel like mm. you could do
2: that at half-time because they're about to change, like, make a triple substitution.
1: What was the thinking there? You, you <laughs> fucked it, didn't you? Yeah, you fucked yeah. it. <laughs> but again, it's just the fact that if it's not a losing manager, mm. that... Um, no, that's going to take that, so Yeah, away, but That, that is
3: spineless, isn't
2: it? Yeah. It would just come on, lads. I price. think some managers might sort of happily break that rule, though, because I think, I think it'll probably be up to them and say, hey, do you know what? I don't mind. I'll do it. It's fine. Something to get off
3: my but then, But then, even then, what will they be asked? What? Sure. Sure. Sean,
2: Sean, what was your message to the players at halftime? I don't want to stand here and talk about referees. <laughs> I'll, I'll only get in yeah. trouble. I don't want to talk about referees. So uh, yeah, but I'll leave that one up to you to decide. But one, one to watch. I'm, I'm sure something for us to dig into next season if it is indeed past. Yeah, into great. Law. It's great news for us. Oh, it's, it's fantastic great news. For us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of interviews, this is Nottingham Forest Jack Colback getting the absolute textbook. Did-you-mean-it treatment after his goal against West Brom?
0: On you two. A big win in every sense, but Jack, we've got to start with your extraordinary goal. You look like you
2: couldn't believe it yourself, but were you definitely trying to score? Yeah, 100%, yeah. yeah. He's a pub number
3: four already, you know, he went in, so... Nah,
1: listen, I'm just, I'm... I was gonna say, it's gonna, I was gonna say, to you before, i I'm so annoyed I didn't. Now nah, listen, we'll it, definitely, it, definitely be in there, 100. Now nah, listen. Nah, not really. I just need
0: the service
1: a bit more. It, it, uh, it is the old one too, Charlie.
2: It's it has the, to be. Have to ask about you got. <laughs> Did you mean it? Did you? And then and then it's like, oh, you, oh yeah. No, no, no. No, nah,
1: Alison. So that's the first nah, bit. Alison. And then the
2: second one is, oh, did you practice this one a lot? I mean, did you do a lot in training or something? No. Oh,
1: oh that's so good.
2: absolutely on the money, Dave. There's nothing missing from that 30 Super. seconds or so. And the
3: whole conversation around it as well. I was as as I just said I was watching the game live and it did genuinely make me sit up in my seat because it was like no it's go- oh my god it's gone in. But then so once that sort of instinctive kind of astonishment passes, I just thought, "Oh, here, right, okay, right, here we go." You know, it's the co-commentator's good. Did he mean it? I th- look at his eye. Look at his body language. That tells me he didn't really mean that. That was a cross all day long.
2: I think if you have to ask, it, the answer's no. But it's
3: like, it just doesn't matter. It's mm. just the. It was just a pretty amazing thing that happened in the game. once in a once in a career moment for Jack Colback. And we get bogged down with this. Did he mean it? If he did mean it, it's goal of the season. Does but can it be goal of the season anyway? Me, I don't know. But. I don't know. It's, yeah. ooh, it's a yeah. very very um, it,
2: philosophical debate this. But we were talking last week Charlie about mm. trademark goals from certain areas of the pitch. Yeah. And when I first heard about this goal, I thought, oh it's going to be one of those overhit crosses that have sailed over the goalkeeper's head in a lovely trajectory, but no, this is like a—it was a, almost sort of Roberto Carlos tribute act. So, mm. uh, in in the, yeah. in the glorious genre that is goals, I wasn't sure if people meant that's right up there
1: for me. Yeah, I was thinking that in relation to us talking about that Masuaku goal mm. from earlier in the season, weren't we? Which is a different, and and there was a there is a Roberto Carlos one just like it. You're right that I saw last week being and this is a classic. If that was Roberto Carlos, yeah. we'd be talking about this way right. But there was one that I saw, and my first thought was. Did he mean that? But then he, the way Carlos celebrates that one does look like he means it, and I do wonder if players could be a bit cuter about this. If they styled it out, maybe the shock is just too hard to to hide. But I
2: don't know. I think there's something quite endearing, Dave, about the celebration, which is, I mean, which, is, which to me is the absolute rubber stamp that he didn't mean it. Cause sort of turning around, put his hand over his mouth, in 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 kind of faux shock. I thought yeah. it was quite nice. Um, I, I think it's fine to admit you didn't mean it. There's nothing. There's nothing to be gained from pretending.
3: No. This is one of the most amazing things about football is that that particular passage of play will just probably never happen yeah. again. Like it, the ball just happened to be bouncing at the right height, the right moment when they were two 0 up towards the end of the first half, and he's just thought, "I'm just going to drill this crossing." It's, it's, sat, it's, up, it's, it's, it's sat up perfectly, yeah, it's and he's over up. here. It's gone in. It's gone in the net. But like, it's, it should be celebrated as an amazing moment, not sort of, we don't need to worry about whether he meant it or not. It no, is, it, is, it, is a weird
2: preoccupation, but it, I think yeah. it's kind of autopilot preoccupation, Charlie. We just, mm. we just feel like we just must, we must know, we have to ask. I've got to ask. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, listen. It's literally every single, I've got to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love everything about it. Thank you to everybody involved. Finally, for the adjudication panel, this is from James Morgan, who, and I've, I've been reluctant to get into this little subgenre of football coverage, uh, by which I mean the pun filled quest highlights package voiceover. But I couldn't resist for this one. James Morgan has alerted me to 20 snooker puns in the space of 1 minute 26 seconds of the highlights between Sheffield United and Reading. He asks, is this a bit belittling of an important game of second tier football or is it just the right amount of levity for a
0: show on a channel called Quest? On the eve of the World Snooker, down the road at the Crucible, Sheffield United were hoping to stay in the playoff frame, but Lucas João, a former Wednesday man, was back in the Steel City to give Reading their big break on the green bays of Bramall Lane. The Royals rarely give their audience reason for rapturous applause in this theatre, losing on their previous three visits, but were fully deserving of their advantage and proving no easy yellows. Joël nearly in the pink again, as the visitors aim to pocket all the points to leave those below needing snookers. But the Blades are in the cluster of promotion possibles and were determined to keep their long home unbeaten run going. Patience looked to have paid off as Up, popped Sub, Illiman and Dye right on cue in the 90th minute. Relief for the Whites, Reds and Blacks and die stroking in with Ronnie O'Sullivan style precision. Paul Hackingbottom would balk at any suggestion that a draw was enough. He wanted to chalk up another maximum. Paul Ince's men feeling blue, but not for long. Going more or less straight up the other end from Michael Morrison's touch, Tom McIntyre with his first for 15 months. Reading through and through, he with teammates and travelling fans went loopy. The scenes of celebration fully understandable with safety getting ever closer. United can't rest quite as easy.
2: 17, I counted. I mean, I I rejected a couple. I mean, bits like sort of stroking at home like Ronnie O'Sullivan... I mean, I'm not having that. That's that's a mere simile, but um, <laughs> the pace of it, Dave, is is relentless. I think it was a decent, pretty good
3: effort, actually. Pretty well done. Pretty well executed. Didn't we have one when Robin Cowan was on? We had a similar situation where there was somebody, one of the reporters on Soccer Saturday, had said they were going to sort oh, of trailed. Oh, that they yeah. were going to do some puns, and oh, they didn't it? really didn't really do it properly
2: oh, they did like, like two
3: and it just it didn't yeah land, did it? yeah it didn't it didn't land whereas there's that, that 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 he's gone for it there mm. and, and and a great deal of them kind of make sense there were a few <laughs> that didn't why was Lucas zhao back in the pink what does that mean that like being tickled pink which <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> all, which is always used <laughs> in a slightly meaningless way if urban
2: dictionary comes up as the first result here we're in real trouble now in the pink means in extremely good health and spirits
3: Right, okay.
2: Yeah, like tickled pink. Yeah. Very happy or yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> all right. in the pink. Fine. I quite like bulk. Bulk was good because it worked. It was it was a nice even pun, Charlie. It worked on a literal level and and on the pun level. So it was nicely nicely poised, I thought. Levels. Mm. Between seventeen and twenty snooker references in the space of eighty six seconds. Well done, Quest. Well done, Quest. If we were gonna embrace this subgenre, it would have to have been this one. Thanks for everyone involved.
0: Learn more at marines.com Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by the Athletic. This is football clichés.
2: OK, now it's time for Keys and Grey Corner. <laughs> Now, this week, it, it's hard to live up to last week's epic Keys in Grey Corner. This is more of a bite-sized one, Charlie, but still, ha- still packs a punch. But it's more, more by the numbers, perhaps, it's fair to say. First up, the news that Sean Dysh had lost his job at Burnley. It was like a bat signal for Richard Keys, <laughs> Dave. This is what he tweeted. Good luck to Dicey. Enjoy the rest, Sean. Somebody is going to get a top-class operator when he's ready. <laughs> He should have got out of Burnley years ago. He gave them too much. Onwards and upwards, big man. Let them stew in their own mess now. <laughs> um, oh. pretty much contains everything, Dave.
3: Yeah, I, I think I, I saw it at the time and messaged you both over the weekend. It is just it is just the absolute quintessential mm. key tweet it's it's actually a work of art really in under 280 characters he's managed to fit in so much there so first of all good luck to daishi so nickname yep ding straight away enjoy the rest sean so he's also calling him by his first name as well
1: screams and intimacy sort of,
3: yeah and sort of uh heralding a nice time away from the game My mate somebody's going to get a top class operator <laughs> when he's ready <laughs> calling him an operator yeah. is just, just so classic of that world because it implies he's existing. good at his job he's also
2: a great bloke yeah
3: yeah. yeah, just good at the stuff, good at the intangibles. <laughs> he should have got out of Burnley years ago. It's just kind of this sort of bit of I told you so, yeah. bit of I knew, I knew long ago that this, that this was that this wasn't going to work or whatever. He gave he gave them too much. Mm. Onwards and upwards, big man. <laughs> The, I mean the <laughs> big man <laughs> is a, a stamp of
1: approval mm. yeah
3: and then just this kind of withering let them stew sh- <laughs> in their own mess now just rubbing his hands together with glee at what we'll have of, the last one you wish
1: for Daishi yeah exactly yeah. yeah self-inflicted doom is coming for you I mean the big I, I, the, the big thing now as well will we see Daishi on be in will we see him on keys and gray I mean does he on the podcast I mean da- can, can, can you imagine? I mean, I can sort of see hit. if he were to be in the studio. I think the opening would very much be a bit of a change from from Burnley. Daishi, a bit warmer, and him saying like, "Can't you tell from my suntan?" or some something like that. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, lots of love I- that.
3: I think he's more likely to pop up on the podcast. Mm. I can see him. I can see him giving them an hour on Zoom. Yeah, I can't see go him going to Doha. He doesn't strike me as a particularly because I think a lot of the appeal for the guys that go over on their show and understandably is getting to spend a bit of time in Doha or whatever. Mm. Yeah, in the hotels, on the golf course. It actually doesn't strike me as somebody because the pictures have already emerged of him. Popping down to Rock City in Nottingham yeah. on over the weekend, yeah. like he's, he'll be he'll be out and about doing weird stuff.
2: Hmm. He's more goals on Sunday anyway, isn't he? Let's face it, he, he, goals on Sunday was made for him, alas, no more. But yeah, no, it is it is the perfect cross section of Keezy. But um, my favourite bit, Charlie, is is onwards and upwards, big man, because <laughs> big man in Keezy's world is like an MVE, isn't
1: it? Like, <laughs> you, you don't dish those out cheaply. You have to earn a big man. Yeah, getting the daishi. And the Shawn. And the Big Man. You're I mean that is that is incredible. That triple whammy.
2: So if this scenario couldn't get more keysi, she has gone, onwards and upwards Big Man. Burnley have a handful of games left. Mm. to say their Premier League status. They're going to need to get someone in. I'll play the clip.
0: Burnley surely could have made this. Could only have made this decision if they were about to appoint somebody like Sam Allardyce. They've surely not made this decision saying, OK, we'll, we'll get a guy in, we'll go down, but we'll, we'll bring someone in who's going to radically change the club right now, uh, who's going to get us changing the way we play our football. They surely have brought Sam Allardyce or somebody like Sam in to do one thing have a rattle at those seven games or eight games and see if you can get enough points to frighten Everton that's surely what must be happening here if Sam walked through the
2: door at Turf Moor I think that would frighten Everton no it wouldn't frighten me I'd give a big man a ring and say steady Sam <laughs> <son." laughs> a big man no question I mean of course he's he's the ultimate yeah. big man but yeah from one big man Thanks, to big another man. Yeah, great one big man <laughs> The thing is, with with this, you know, that was
3: ob- we knew that was going to come as soon as we saw the news that this is I should be sacked. Dice. They can't but, do it. But that, but that's the thing. It's, this isn't just the Keys and Gray thing. It's, this is this not just Keys and Gray being Keys and Gray? Because every conversation I had with every football fan that I know over the weekend, inevitably. The, the next, the next question is well, who who comes in next? Mm. And every single one of them, to a man, <laughs> either said Sam Allardyce or sent me a gif of <laughs> Sam Allardyce. <laughs> and like, are we not beyond that now? Oh, we
2: have to be. Uh,
3: but is Sam Allardyce? He surely. I feel like the West Brom situation has just has has cleaned it up. He's not. He's not. He's no longer. He's no longer red a day. I, I think
1: <laughs> because because he. Um, he did an okay job at West Brom. He actually improved them. I don't think West Brom to him was what West Brom was to Pards where it just it, that was him done. I think he need I think he's got one more in him, possibly. Mm. Maybe not. Maybe not quite Premier League. He might have to take a team up, but I don't think he's he's fully done. I also want to hear Keys and Gray's view on Jesse Marsh, given how things have turned out there, because he was another one they were highly skeptical of.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think some grudging praise is, is going to be sent his way. Let's go full circle for this episode of Football Clichés. Um, we talked about Brighton denting Spurs' top four hopes. Nice measured take from Charlie there at the start. Here's what Kesey's got to say. <laughs> I'm glad Spurs lost that. Unforgivably inept. <laughs> And that's it. And that's it. Good to have a personal opinion from a broadcaster about why a team lost a game. Um, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for that. All for that. No pretense of being balanced. Just get stuck in. I just. I'm glad Spurs lost that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear presenters say that. It's great. Um, absolutely fine with me.
3: I think that is great. And, and just on a, as a closing note, just one more thing to remark upon about the last week. Right, that really, really annoyed me was the reaction to. The fighting, if you want to call it that, uh, at the end of Atletico Madrid v Man City, Mm. right? Which, again, was a thing that I had so many messages from. Like, even from people that... Don't like football. Happen to be watching, and they're like messaging me saying, "Oh, this is brilliant, yeah. right?" It was a, it was a spectacle. It was a great thing. But after the game, you just had them all going. We don't want to see that. This is disgraceful. Scenes. They should be ashamed of themselves. Fine to have that opinion, and you probably do have to say that. Yeah. But I just
2: needed one, one of those people on the panel to go, "Yeah, but it was entertaining, yeah, wasn't that, it?" That would have been fine. I think it, <laughs> it would have added to the texture of it. I'm amazed it didn't happen. I don't remember watching the. Um... The coverage after the game but I'm amazed no one did that because Charlie I, th- I feel like the debate has moved on now I feel like I hear more people saying people say well, this is stuff we don't want to see of course cool, so we want to see it <laughs> I swear more people are saying that than the original people are saying we don't want to see
1: it yeah and, and as well with that with what Dave's saying there was a lot of the like look you know we we we, we love what Simeone's done at Athletic Madrid of course we do You know, of course we love all of that. But this is too... I was like, no, it wasn't. It was... I mean, Danny Baker had this... There was a... On one of his own goal, I think it was uh, Freak Football, exactly the same thing. And Barry Davis is saying about... I think it's I'll the belt up Barry. Yeah, I'll belt up Barry. I love It's exactly the same. <laughs> this is the side of English football. No one wants. Oh, belt up Barry, which is exactly right. And, oh, no. Yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> bang on. No, no question. Um, it goes almost without saying. But yeah, brilliant end to a brilliant episode. Thanks to you, David Walker. Thank you. Thanks to you, Charlie Eckershare. Cheers, big man. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see everybody else soon.
0: Bye.
1: The Athletic.